0: The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and twelve, a total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and twelve is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone.
1: Can you believe how? far into the season we are now another edition of first and 12 your big 12 absolute breakdown every week right here mitch harper alex keery mitch of course is in west virginia still trapped trapped in west virginia there's a there's probably something some, some, some symbolism in there, probably how BYU fans feel right now after their loss last night, 37-7, to to the West Virginia Mountaineers.
2: I'm in a glass case of moonshine right now.
1: <laughs> I just imagine you in your, in your hotel room today, some guy with just a, a handful of teeth peeking up over your window going, yeah, Thanks for coming to West Virginia. And just Take and, me home
2: Country hey, Road I'm own. your Uber
1: driver. And you're like, No
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Uh
1: Mitch, we've got tons to get into, of course, and uh, probably one of our funnest segments of the week and, obvi- and one obviously we have to kind of try to figure out as soon as everything goes final on Saturday nights and, and get into our Sunday show here is to figure out what the power rankings are in the Big 12 so let's jump in right there.
0: The Big 12 Power Rankings Big Board a weekly rank of all 12
2: programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. We'll start with those bottom dwellers in these power rankings this week number 14 Cincinnati they remain winless Tough times for Scott Satterfield, and you know, it, it's
1: kind of crazy too because you know we're watching we're watching this thing go down, and you're going, well, C- well, Cincinnati's supposed to be a little bit okay, right? Everybody else seems to be stealing wins here and there, and they just cannot do it. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about Cincinnati, and I don't know if you just look at it and go, nope, uh, Coach Satterfield's just uh you know, is just a strikeout on a coach hire, coaching hire, or if they're just like going through a little bit of what BYU is, which is, uh, well. Uh, we're in a big conference now and we to- we weren't absolutely totally up to snuff on the talent side of things or coaching side of things and and here we are but uh 13 baylor hey good for baylor they got a little dub or they got a little uh or well they got they don't look as bad i guess uh you know even though they 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 don't because what's their record right now mitch i want to say that they're three and three and six three Two and six. four in big 12 and just i'm mean, look look if you had them down for being as bad as they are we would have never thought it but like I don't know. I, you think about the, the the four worst teams right now in the Big Twelve, and you go, I don't know. This is these are some bad football teams. Four and five right now playing kind of really bad football, and so yeah, Baylor thirteen, kind of a no brainer right there where
2: they're supposed to be at. But they dropped a couple spots, obviously, with the loss uh, this week. It's shocking how lack of a presence they have in the trenches because that's been their bread and butter the past few years. It's non existence, uh, non existent in Waco this year. Number twelve, UCF. You know they got their first Big Twelve win. It was over, uh, one of the bottom dwellers, and that's Cincinnati. But still, yeah. wins a win, and that was a big win for Cincinnati or UCF as they get one step closer to getting maybe into bowl eligibility at four and five.
1: Yeah, and you know what was weird about that was uh, I mean John Reese Plumley's just been not that great, right? I mean, after yeah. the Oklahoma. Uh, it, it's like he showed up for that Oklahoma game, and then after that, it's just kind of been eh. I'm not that into it, uh, but yeah, yeah. UCF uh, getting their getting their uh, getting their first win in conference, but you know, still doesn't feel like it's a really good football team. Number eleven, the BYU Cougars, mm. below the Houston Cougars, by the way, I'll add, and I don't think that that's wrong right now. There's a feeling right now that this team is not just low in the rankings, but also kind of maybe even plummeting further past that, and so the the feeling of BYU and Cougar Nation, Mitch, and and the, I can't wait for you guys on Cougar Nation on on. Uh, well, you guys are doing it later this week, right? And is that kind of maybe some people will cool off and not be as mad this uh, this uh, this next we'll, week?
2: So we'll actually have it Monday at noon, so okay, it will good. Be, so it'll
1: yes. be fresh on people's minds. Uh, yes. People will be in the middle of the day taking their lunch break and then yelling at you
2: guys, you and Matt, on uh, Cougar <laughs> Nation. It's gonna be good. We will be there for them to to <laughs> vent their frustrations because there's a lot of frustration in Cougar Nation and the other Cougar Nation is happy right now. That's number ten, Houston. As they take down Baylor, a longtime rival back in the day, first time they faced Houston in nearly 30 years. And I know Holgerson had this one circled because he was ticked at Baylor for backing out of a game during the COVID year. They wanted this one bad. There were some personal grudges, and they get it done in overtime. And Donovan Smith, man, he's had a knack. Like, you can say what you will about Houston, but in late-game situations with game on the line, Donovan Smith's delivering some epic performances. Yeah. Hail Mary, and then a two-point conversion to get it done against Baylor.
1: Number nine, the team I just a massive head-scratcher on, maybe the weirdest team in all of the conference, is TCU, Sonny Dykes' team, losing to Texas Tech and uh, on a wild Thursday night. I'm sure they're not used to playing on Thursday nights, but, boy, this TCU team is just absolutely all over the place this year, mostly all over the place in the losing category.
2: Do you think they become the next team – uh, or first team since Texas in 2009 to have a losing record the year after they go to the national title game. Do you think it's going to happen? I mean, they're on their way. What are they? Four and five yeah. now uh, overall. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that
1: uh, that's definitely on the table. And at some point, you kind of go as a team. You look around and go, "Well, we're four and five. We're not. We're not great. We can play spoiler against some teams right now, but yeah, they don't have a lot to uh, to try to figure out. You know, they just they." They, they just keep falling flat every week. And if it was the last time – no, it wasn't the last time they won was against BYU, was it? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm getting that mixed up. I mean, it can't be – well, maybe it was, actually. Now it you was. look at it. They ripped off three straight losses after beating BYU, like just pounding BYU. Number eight on the list is Texas Tech, the team who handed them that loss. And, again, a head scratcher, too, because you go, BYU beat those guys and they lose to those guys. Everybody does that, but that's the way it is in conference play. If you don't show up every week, you're going to be inconsistent and you're going to look funny because all the other teams are also uh, – You can be caught flat-footed and you have a chance every week to, to overcome. But, man, uh, good, for, good for Joey McGuire because he's a little bit on the hot seat there, at least uh, according to some of our friends who are uh, down there in Lubbock.
2: Yeah, Texas Tech is much different football team with Barron Morton at quarterback. Uh, BYU would have probably had a far different look uh, with Texas Tech had they faced him, and mm-hmm. that was a big win for Texas Tech, and then they follow it up with a big recruiting win. They get one of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 recruiting cycle, so good things rolling this week for Texas Tech. Number seven, Iowa State the, suffered a tough setback against Kansas at home, but still, can, Iowa State – Is a good football team. They're going to go to a bowl game. Mm -hmm. Matt Campbell's done a really good job with this group. Totally lose by seven points to Kansas. They had their opportunities. They fought back to to get back in the game. Just a resilient group, and they continue to show that despite all the personnel losses that they've had this season.
1: Yeah, and uh, don't be fooled by them losing that game. They're going to be uh, favorites in this one against BYU coming to Provo almost assuredly. Uh, Number six, West Virginia. The uh, Mountaineers, of course, pounding BYU last night, and then, uh, you get yourself uh, higher up in the rankings. Uh, Neil Brown, good for him. It was interesting. This week we talked to one of the guys from West Virginia, one of the beat writers, and we were like, hey, Neil Brown, he's firing it back up. You guys love this guy now. He goes, well, hold your horses. We don't really
2: like him. He's winning, but we don't like him. Like, I'm was, glad you bring that up. It was because weird. <laughs> I, I'm glad you bring that up because I really thought that people were going to c- kind of circle the wagons around this team because... With with West Virginia. I mean the pulse around Morgantown, they only had fifty thousand people show up to BYU West Virginia on a an evening game in Morgantown, and a lot of the beat writers are saying, well, it's because they don't like Neil Brown. It's like oh, I mean the guy's got the ball eligibility already, six wins, and you got still everything in front of you. Like what do you not like? That that right. team's looking pretty good right now.
1: And eclipse last year's win total already, uh yeah. with three more games left. So whatever. Uh, people are weird at some schools. They just decide they don't like a guy, and then they go, "Let's just wait for the time to be over for him." I don't think he fits in here. And you're like, "Dude, you're gonna throw somebody away who's a decent coach, and then you're gonna end up uh, getting whoever." Uh, all right, next up, Kansas State. Now, I was I was on the Kansas State train. I really thought they were gonna beat Texas this week. I didn't think Malik Moore had enough. I thought they were rolling with all of the uh, with the wins they'd had, just absolutely blasting teams over the last couple of weeks. But Come up short in overtime. Weird play call, by the way, at the end. I don't know what they were doing. Just kicked the dang field goal, to put the onus on Texas to try to win that thing. But uh, anyway, they lose 33-30 to in overtime
2: at Texas, and uh, there you go. There's your number five team on the uh, on the power ranking. We have a change in the top two. They fall down from two last week, now to four. That's the mm-hmm. Oklahoma Sooners. I think it's fitting, though, after two consecutive losses.
1: Yeah, I think it fits. And, and you know, you also have another team who – is is seven and two and is headed the other direction number three on the list this week is kansas good for them man good for lance leipold who you know at the beginning of the year we didn't like because he just kept talking about how mature bYU was but you know (laughs) i don't i i just think he's done a great job and 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 kansas is is having one of their better years uh and so good for them and it's
2: not just like having a one-off better year either i don't think mitch i think that they're they're building something there in lawrence they're going to be one of the top programs in the new Big 12. There's no doubt in my mind. With As long as Leipold's there, they will be, be near the top. Number two, a team that's always been near the top because of head coach Mike Gundy. That's Oklahoma State. They surge to number two after that big bedlam win, and I think they deserve it. They got one of the best resumes in the conference right now. They're playing some of their best football. They check in at number two.
1: I don't know how many weeks it was ago, Mitch, but they were number 14 at one point. Maybe it was after that. Maybe it was after that USA, after the uh, University of Southern Alabama loss (laughs) that they took at home by three touchdowns. And you're going, I don't even know who that team was that they played, the Jaguars. But yeah, uh, Mike Gundy doing what Mike Gundy does, and they've had the biggest bounce back this year. Uh, Kudos to them. Number two in our power rankings. And then, of course, number one, your Texas Longhorns. Uh, Getting it done, I mean, you heard uh, Coach Sarkeesian – or we'll be able to hear Coach Sarkeesian uh, uh, in our next segment, I think, talking about – Uh, The resiliency of this team and you know what, like that's the kind of grounded out win that you need in seasons where you're going to have a special year. You have to win some of those close ones and eke some of them by as well. And that's what they're doing. So there are your power rankings. You can always go back, download the podcast, get more of those uh, and just kind of see where uh, teams are every week right here on first and 12. Let's take another break. We'll come back. We do have our sound Roundup next here from Coach Sark, here from Mike Gundy. Uh, And much more. I think we're gonna even hear from Jake Redslav. So uh, join us. More to go around the corner. It's first and twelve.
0: Big Twelve Sound Roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from Saturday's post-game news conferences. First and twelve. Win, win, win.
4: Oh. I I love this. Win, win, win. win. (laughs) I don't know, but I know we rushed enough to win.
2: <laughs> Producer that? Eric Whoa! delivering again. Mm. You just played yourself, Oklahoma, because Mike Gundy's coming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was fantastic. Producer Eric That's always making this thing younger, hipper. It's the new Big 12, baby. It's first and 12 every <laughs> single week, and it's the sound roundup. Let's just dive right into it. The best sound bites from the week. Let's hear more from Mike Gundy. Well, that was
4: a really good college game. A lot of excitement. Um. It's kind of the way you want it, uh, back and forth, and a lot of big plays for both teams, mistakes for both teams, things that we wish we would uh, could have back. I'm sure there's things they wish they could have back. But two good teams competing against each other, like a heavyweight prize fight, trading, trading blows. Um, but I mentioned in the, in the locker room how proud I was of our coaches their plans that they had going into the game and then the adjustments they made through the game and our players uh, willingness to ride the wave ups and downs and just continue to go out and compete play the next play. Um, <clears throat> most of the game I watch faces and monitor body language and things so if, if I feel like somebody's going south I've got to go over and pick them up or if they're too enthusiastic and a little bit out of control, I've got to go over and calm them down. And one thing was interesting today in this game, I didn't really have to do much of either. The excitement that was generated at times by our team was timely. And we didn't have anybody that really got down on themselves. So they're starting to learn and, and get a feel for life lessons that will help them for the rest of their life to compete, stay the course be able to take blows and then and then hit back. Um, as far as the game, our ability to rush the football, again, we I know we rushed for, I don't know, but I know we rushed enough to win. Coach
1: Mike Gundy right there, you, that's where the uh, progeny, of course, of the win, win, win. And they did, I love how he takes the high road and acts like, oh, just know the game, we played hard. Two big teams that are really important. It's like, dude, you, are, you with your eyes are flipping off Brent Venables (laughs) and Oklahoma across the field like definitely Steve Sarkeesian uh, here's your next (laughs) piece of sound from the sound roundup getting a win Uh, sounding way more calm by the way than the guy you see on the sideline uh, f-bombing his own players but uh, yeah Steve Sarkeesian and his thoughts on that win over Kansas State in overtime
3: sometimes I feel like I'm a broken record when I just talk about versatility uh, resiliency uh, perseverance um, that, you know, that those, are, those are all qualities that championship teams have and because they find a way to win uh, different ways and they find a way to win games uh, at critical moments and they can make plays at critical moments. And so uh, for our guys today, just felt like another example of that. Um, they just, you know, as good as we were playing early, um, our own miscues and, and some forced by them, allowed allowed Kansas State to get back into the game and I think it tested uh, it tested us it tested our resiliency it tested our our um, culture to stick together um, uh, because in the end you know when you when you you know block a punt they score off of that when you throw a pick in your own end they score off of that when you when you fumble in your own end they score off of that um, those are those are moments when, when some teams could break. When the game gets tied, you can't get the stop. And, and so through it all, could we play better? You know, could we found a way to, to play better at some key moments? Sure, um, but we, we played well enough at the most critical moment uh, when the ball's on your own you know, four or five yard line there for four straight snaps, and our defense was able to uh, to get the stop. So it was a great start to the game. I love the efficiency of which we were playing in in, in all three phases. Um, unfortunately, we let them back into the game, and then we had to, we had to fight like crazy to uh, to find a way to win. But uh, to to sit here eight and one sure feels a heck of a lot better than, than sitting here seven and two.
2: Steve Sarkeesian before Saturday was the last starting quarterback to lead BYU is from the JUCO ranks, the new Mm. JUCO quarterback to lead BYU, Jake Retzlaff. And he was in the post-game presser after BYU lost to West Virginia, 37 to seven. This was Jake's commentary on his first career start.
5: Uh, It was a lot of fun uh, early on in the game. Like obviously the score doesn't reflect uh, how we think we played, but um, it was fun being out there for the first time. There's no doubt about that.
3: Jake, how would you assess
5: how you played? Uh, It's hard to say that sitting here right now, how I played, how we played was 37 7 at the end of the day. So, you know, I'll have to go back and watch the tape and really figure out, like, you know, what we got to do and what, how we got to be better and how I got to be better. Um, you know, I don't know how I play. I don't know the numbers or anything, but, uh, you know, we just got to play better as a unit and put some points on the board. We didn't do that this week.
2: You feel like you showed enough to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the
5: season? <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe maybe not that's not my decision uh you know like I said I'll just go back to the tape and you know dissect what I did and learn from that I think that's, that's A-Rod's decision at the end of the day and so you know I just I just know that I'm gonna go out there and play my hardest and play my heart out every week and uh whatever that comes to you know I'll live with that did you
3: feel like you were running a lot tonight in terms of just getting
5: away from, from pass rush uh no I felt like I was running design runs a lot tonight to be honest with you I think that uh, that was in the game plan this week and um, you know, we knew that we could steal some. And when they dropped eight, it's hard to throw when they drop in. So we're just going to run it uh, with the quarterback. And uh, I think we had some good designs, and we made some good yards. What
4: did you see on the fourth and two? Were you midfield? First possession, I think it was. You guys went for it, got
5: stopped. Yeah, you know, um, I just saw a lack of execution across the board. You know, um, you know I made my right hand Aiden the ball. You know, I think Aiden's a great runner. And I think he could get two yards. Um, I don't know exactly what happened on the front end. You know, I'd focus on my read on the backside. My read was to give it to Aiden and let him go to work. Uh, it was unfortunate we came up short, um, because it was a really promising drive. But, um, like I said, you know, we, got to execute better.
0: Jake, what's it like, I'm just curious, your mentality, when you break, contain, when do you look to pass versus when do you look to run?
2: Because sometimes, you know, it breaks down, and there's somebody open, I think you almost yeah. had a touchdown yeah. to chase on one of those plays, and then another, you know, others you, you take off, so I'm just curious which, when do you do what? Yeah, you
5: know, I, I consider myself a passer, and, I'm, and I run to pass for most of, for the most part, but I'm also not going to leave yards right in front of me, uh, so I'm going to go get them most of the time. But, um, yeah, it, when I break the pocket, my, you know, my eyes are still up a lot of the time, um, and I'm just trying to steal something from the defense. You know, I think we did that a couple of times, and then, you know, when you got to turn and, and put your head down and run, you got to turn and put your head down and run and take the yards in front of you if they lock it up on the back end. Uh, it's not often they, they're able to lock up both the front end on the scramble and the back end, but they, they were able to do that some part. But, um, you know, I think we uh, ran the ball with the quarterback effect pretty effectively tonight. Uh, you know, it could have been better like anything. But, um, yeah, I feel like I just, you know, I'd run a throw and make opportunities for guys downfield. Um, but when I, when I could take it, i take it. The
2: team was notified this week that you were going to be QB1. Yeah. How supportive were your offensive teammates to kind of rally around you and you know build you up in this moment?
5: Uh, super supportive. Uh, the guys had my back the whole way. Um, you know, Isaac said sir- earlier in the week that uh, he, you know it didn't look like it was going to be my first career start. Um, I think that's mainly because the guys who got behind me in the offense during the week we just you know we practiced business as usual, uh, you know, and just attacked the week you know to go play better than we did today. But uh, but yeah, I think I had full support from every unit on the field, and I think we were excited to go out there and play.
4: Do you feel like you proved
5: to yourself and your teammates that you can play at this level? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think there was a doubt going into the game. Um, I don't think you know, rod would put somebody on the field who couldn't. Um, but, you know, I I think that um, it wasn't a matter of proving if I could play at the level. It was just a matter of going out and executing offense. Um, and, you know, like I said, we didn't do that well tonight. Do you have family
0: here?
5: uh yeah i did I had a couple uh, extended family my mom came too what,
2: what was that like having them here and you know, i know the outcome wasn't what you wanted but having
5: like being able to- it, it was, yeah it was incredible um i love playing in front of my family um and i feel like you know the rock is your family a lot of times too at home but uh playing in front of my family it just means something special to me because i just know how proud they are of me and how much they want to see me succeed so it's just another motivating factor To go out there and play well. What's
2: going to keep this team together through this adversity on a two-game
5: skid now? Uh, I'll tell you what. I think this team has got a lot of great unity to it. I think that these guys really love each other. I think that we have something special here. I think uh, that you know, two losses in a row hurts. There's no doubt about that. But I think we're we we're pretty good at having the mindset that you know we're definitely going to look at this tape hard and and fix the mistakes that we made. But at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to be able to do anything about. Tonight we can't go back to Saturday at 7 p.m. You know what I mean? So we gotta we gotta move on and uh, not forget it. Learn from it. Uh, a, a saying that an no old friend of mine once says: the L's in the lost column are not for losses; they're for lessons. So we just gotta go back and learn from it and and play better next week.
2: How much of the playbook was kind of is still operating with you compared to Skeeton from what you could tell and what you've kind of learned in of this offense?
5: Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Slade. Gosh, like, I'll get out of your case way. Case. All right, jeez, all right. man. This interviews over. Um, Shut it down. Yeah, I, I don't think there's uh you know a different playbook we play with. I think that Arod is is a really good play caller, and he's good at what he's been good at is uh, calling plays to his quarterback. So um, I know the whole playbook's available, but I also know there's a part of the playbook that Arod like loves me in. And so I think that he's gonna to try to do that more.
1: Tough spot for him to be in. And you know, the idea of like, Hey, did you have fun out there? <laughs> like it's all uh <laughs> It's thirty seven to seven. But yeah, I mean I like getting the opportunity to start, but nobody wants Get on to the lose mic, by though. Yeah, he is actually he really is a good and you we kinda knew that at the beginning of the year, but he seemed to handle himself before you know, uh before the game, after the game, all of it and so Uh, kudos to him i'm interested to see i kind of hope he gets another shot and hopefully he has a little bit more time this week to get ready for i'd like to see the second start for jake Retzlaff, just to see and also if keaton slovis is hurt let's you know give it a minute for byu fans like hey getting another guy in there let's see what goes on all right we'll take the break here we'll come back when we return uh we have our four corners whip around and boy, it's a wild one this weekend. Uh, for the teams that are joining the Big Twelve next year from the Pac Twelve, stay with us. It's first and twelve, ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Alex Keery, Mitch Harper, stay with us.
0: The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and twelve, a total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 conference. First and twelve is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone.
1: right everybody welcome back it's another edition of first and 12 right here on ksl news radio and the ksl sports zone and on podcasts you can download first and 12 mitch harper and i our producer eric we have a fantastically fun time way too fun uh on a show like this especially after a byu 30 point loss but you know what? maybe that's how we get through it and maybe hopefully that's the same way that you can as well thanks for listening to the program here can i bring something up from a non big 12 game here mitch uh The Washington Huskies beat USC in one of the more exciting, one of the more entertaining games, I should say, of the entire college football season this year. And Caleb Williams, like, cries after every game. What happens when this guy goes to the NFL? And you cry after every game. Is that going to work out? I'm not trying to pick on the guy. I'm saying this is his mode. He won't shake hands with the opponents. And then in tonight's thing, he ran over to his mom and cried in her arms in the stands. And I thought, I don't know if this is going to work out if you're the top two pick. I don't know. I'm not trying to be mean here, but. Maybe, maybe. he
2: just needs to take Acho's advice <laughs> that he said a couple weeks ago. Hey, there's nothing to play for anymore. You're not going to the playoff. You're not going to win Heisman. Shut just her down. Check out. Just <laughs> shut it down. You know what? Because I got to say, I'm with you. Caleb Williams has become kind of unlikable. And I know Big 12, <laughs> 12 fans, especially the Oklahoma fans out there, probably enjoy hearing that because they're laughing. Oklahoma just despises that USC team. So I'm sure they're thrilled to see you know usc have these struggles but yeah that was a that was a good football game and you know washington they got back on track the high-powered offense that they are they're one of the best teams in the nation and oregon might be the best team in yeah, the nation man. honestly uh, as the ducks get ready to go to the big 10 next year they're looking outstanding but yeah you know the four corner schools they had some good showings as well this weekend yeah
1: let's let's uh jump in of course. It's our four corners whip around since we were talking about other teams outside of the Big 12. Let's we'll talk about the ones that are right now outside the Big 12 coming in. It's our four corners whip around. The
0: four corners whip around. Whip around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the four corners.
2: Let's start up on the hill. Number 18, Utah. They made a statement. If you don't think they can score with the pig farmer, well, think again. (laughs) 55-3. to They lay the hammer down on Arizona State.
1: I think Bryson Barnes had 150 yards passing, but four touchdowns through the air. (laughs) Uh, So quite the day. And they were handing the ball off to everybody at the end, and everybody was scoring. Charlie Vincent, uh, former East High guy, and, uh, you know, a a, a preferred walk-on coming to the school. He gets a long touchdown. How about former BYU quarterback... Sorry, I can't say it without laughing a little bit because Jacob Conover is the fourth string guy at Arizona State. Had to start, had to play in this game. Went five for 21 with an interception. 40 Ooh. yards. Four, did you see that stat line? 40 yards yeah. passing. And uh, they ended with, the Sun Devils ended with 83 yards total. It's the lowest output of yardage by a team in the Pac 12, tied for the worst ever. And the biggest disparity on yardage in a game uh, also since I think the year. 1999. So all sorts of records yesterday for Utah and uh Coach Witt, you know, he he said after the game that he, they were just pumped to get back in that thing and you know just kind of flush last week and that certainly helped 55 to 3 on that one. Uh Colorado and Arizona State.
2: State. Arizona State though, they just got to hope and pray this offseason <laughs> that Jin Rashada stays with them and doesn't go oh, to the portal my yes. because he is the ticket to any sort of success in year 1 of the Big 12 because 100% it's bad. It is bad for ASU. I mean, they, they, were, they were competitive in recent weeks, but there's just a lack of talent. That's going to be a big, big rebuild for Kenny Dillingham.
1: Uh, speaking of rebuild, one that's in the middle of it, and maybe you get another rebuild next year. Colorado has lost three straight uh, after losing to Oregon State yesterday, 26-19. Prime after the game. I watched his face, and the guy had like a 1,000-yard stare. They changed play callers this week. Uh, or, uh, Colorado trying to figure all sorts of things out, but they're now 4-5 and five on the season after being the most important college football story. Am I overstating this, Mitch, like ever at the beginning of yeah. the year? You've never seen a team that was not in a premier market and a blue-blood program getting as much attention as Colorado did at the beginning of the year and how the mighty have fallen. So there you go. They fall to 4-5 and five on the season.
2: How, how about this team, though? They are rising. That's Arizona. Wow. Yeah, man. Jed Fish and the Wildcats, they get a big win, 27-10, to 10 over nationally ranked UCLA, Arizona's 6-3. and three. This Wildcat team, they're still in the hunt, too, for the Pac-12 title. And they've got everything in front of them. I mean, this, this team is playing outstanding right now. They are definitely trending up. The meters is, is scorching hot on Jet Fish as they get ready for the Big 12 next year. You know what's
1: wild, too, is you look at Arizona and you go, oh, they're playing with their backup quarterback. They have found a dadgum gum superstar in Noah Fafita. I mean, that guy is good. And you notice that Delora is actually back. Like, he could probably play. He he attempted one pass tonight or last night. But he is – like, Fafita is is going to be good for a while. So, uh, good for him. So, I mean, this is a guy who – He's a freshman, dude, and, and Jed Fish is, is got a team, man, and they're going go to go the they're going go to the Big Twelve next year. It's going to be like the media poll at the beginning of the year is going to be them in the top four or five, man.
2: Jed Fish has got to be telling that Arizona collective at all costs keep Noel Fafita happy because <laughs> don't you? I mean, that's that's the name of the game because we see that now and go, oh, in years past it would have been, man, they got four years of this guy. Yeah, you, you just got to make sure that he's happy. Now it helps. That you know Noah Fafita's high school teammate McMillan, he's throwing the rock to him, and they got a great yep. relationship. McMillan yep. had 81 yards. So uh, Arizona, I love what they're doing. I mean, they're beating tough, physical football teams. I mean yep. UCLA is one of the best defenses in college football. The, they put a forty seven the, on them, yes. and
1: rolled. Uh, they had a better defense going into this weekend than Utah does. They're the number one yeah. defense in the Pac-12, and I'll tell you, Arizona. By the way, this what this is what do, this is what it does when you put together recruiting classes too because despite the fact that they don't have the money that these other programs in the Pac-12 do uh a massive recruiter is Jed Fish so good for them the uh 2024 through 2027 schedules have been released these teams it's nice to see their logos next to everybody else going into the Big 12 next year Mitch it's awesome to
2: see it was and you know Arizona Arizona State that's a protected rivalry BYU in Utah protected rivalry that's good to see and I know that you know, some of these four-corner fan bases, Utah and Arizona State in particular, they're kind of like, eh, don't really want to go to these road trips. But uh, I think that once they get into the Big 12, they'll realize there's some good football being played in this league, and they're going to definitely enjoy it. we got to take a break, though. Our final timeout of the show. On the other side, we'll get to what's next in the Big 12 as Week 11 slate is loaded once again. We'll preview what's ahead in the Big 12 here on First and Twelve, Mitch Harper, Alex Keery, right here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone.
0: Can't get enough BYU football? Listen to Cougar Nation. Mitch Harper takes your calls Monday nights from six to seven on KSL News Radio podcast at kslnewsradio.com.
2: This week it's going to be Monday. At noon, so just a quick programming note there. That's because BYU basketball is actually starting. That's right. Night. Big Big Twelve basketball is back, baby. So that's going to be a lot of fun this week. But obviously, here on this show, we're focusing on Big Twelve football. And if you've missed any part of the program, I highly recommend you go subscribe to the podcast on the KSL Sports app or all major podcasting platforms. So, Alex, Week Eleven slate is going to be a good one once again. Seven games. The chase to get to Arlington is heating up, heading down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and you know uh, when you start to see some of these matchups, these next few weeks, because every th- there's a there's a heavyweight bout every every week now, right? Where you kind of see these games and you go, ooh, that could be a tough one. And there's also going to be some upsets that are looming. You know, Oklahoma State's having this crazy tear, but watch him lose a game. You know, in <laughs> the last week, you know that's the way that this kind of works. So right off the bat, when you think about the the big one, of course. This week for BYU fans, if you're wondering, Iowa State comes to BYU. This has got to be an advantage of some sort. The Cyclones coming to Provo, having to play an 8-15 game. The late, late game, we haven't seen a lot of those this year, Mitch, but uh, this this is another edition of a late, late night game on ESPN. Hopefully they show out better than when they were on the Big Fox this week, thanks to the World Series getting over early. The entire nation got to see BYU get their butts handed to them. But Iowa State and BYU, Hopefully that's a rebound for the Cougs, but they get to be at home, which was a big point that Kalani brought up this week.
2: And I'm glad you bring that up because BYU, to their credit, they're 2-0 and in Big 12 games at home. And I know it was against Cincinnati and a shorthanded Texas Tech, but still they've shown that it is a night and day difference at home for BYU and maybe the vampires only come out at home in Provo. I don't know if that's fair where all the action goes for the vampires. But BYU is good in those home game spots late at night, but they gotta they gotta have a huge overhaul. There's gotta be a calling out with coaches, players, the intensity I mean, from top to bottom in that program if they want to get a win, because Iowa State has one of the best defenses in this league. You know that every single week that group brings it so BYU if they want to have any shot they've got to take care of the football and their offense has got to muster up something some sort of explosive plays because it was lacking in Morgantown yeah
1: starting off the very first part of your day though uh, next Saturday is going to be oh Veterans Day matchup by the way on on the 11th so uh, happy Veterans Day everybody out there Texas Tech and Kansas kick things off with a 10 a.m. FS1 No, I guess that'd be a yeah that's a 10 a.m. FS1 kickoff Baylor and Kansas State I mean, uh, I don't know. so right now, you look at those two games, you go, Kansas is going to roll, Kansas State's going to roll, and watch one of those is
2: going to be an upset, Mitch. Oh, you know what's going to happen. I mean, that's just that's just the Big 12, I swear. Once we feel like we know this league and we're like, okay, <laughs> we've kind of figured out these are the power teams, something wild's going to happen. And I, I love that about following this conference. And I, I just love how there's – these teams seem to have the snack when you feel like, okay, they're going to completely bottom out and they're reeling. They somehow find a way to get a big win other than Cincinnati. Everyone just finds these weeks that they got it, you know, mustered it, or they can pull it off and f- pull off some wins. So uh, that's going to be the challenge for these teams. And it's just going to be good matchups, I think, for, yeah. for sure next week.
1: Uh, also uh, on your Saturday, Oklahoma State, how can they uh, follow up their Bedlam performance UCF? Uh, they go on the road to UCF. Uh, yeah. and that's going to be – I mean, look, going, going, being at home and playing that Bedlam series is so emotional. Then you go down to Orlando, which is like – I can't imagine Oklahoma State playing in Orlando like ever, but here we are, and uh, that's part of the conference now. That's going to be a uh, – that's going to be a 130 kick here. It's going to be on the big ESPN. Watch out for Texas and whether or not there's going to be a hangover there against that Kansas State uh, team this week because they go to Fort Worth and TCU is just kind of, you know, laying in the weeds, waiting to come up and bite you because, you know, they have the talent there. And Sonny Dykes, I believe in that guy. Uh, but does Texas trip up against TCU? That's going to be on uh, ABC. That's going to be
2: your five thirty kickoff uh, for next week as well. Texas beat writers last week. They thought coming into the year that the only team that was a threat to Texas was TCU. And wow, they were they were wrong on that. But but you're right though. TCU has. Personnel, they got talent. Yes. You know, Sonny Dykes called out their veterans, though, after that Texas Tech loss last Thursday, particularly the secondary guys like Bud Clark, who you thought okay, carryovers from the national championship team, they were even part of the Gary Patterson era and they were gonna be these veteran leaders. They just haven't. There were so many missed tackles against Texas Tech. Can they find a way to bring it together for Texas? Because if they get that one uh, that almost takes away a lot of the bad vibes they've had the past few weeks if they can take down Texas in one final game. Because you know Texas mm-hmm. is never going to schedule TCU again. It's kind of like Houston. Not, not to that degree, but still one step above. They're never scheduling the Horned Frogs again. So <laughs> one final shot, send T- Texas uh, to the SEC with a big L. West Virginia, uh, RIP
1: Uh, to the Mountaineers next week when they go to Norman because Oklahoma's going, all right, we have to murder everybody on the way through this schedule the rest of the way to impress because they're going to fall out of that top ten. And uh, the Mountaineers, they might be rolling right now, but they're going to go to Norman. We'll see what happens when uh, when Oklahoma meets uh, the Mountaineers next week.
2: Am I crazy, Alex, to think West Virginia can win that game? Because I think they can. You know what that is? They have got that's, four different options on the that can run the football at a high level, and I think it carries over against Oklahoma. I do. I, I think West Virginia is going to give them a game. That's you driving past all of those mountain <laughs> stills that are out Take there in the home. hills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the you. Place. I know. You know what's funny is I that they're know. like, they're like, I think John Denver was a West Virginia graduate, wasn't he? Like, they're back <laughs> to their Hamlet's State Country Roads on them. I'm all, don't try to brand yourselves over just a really popular country song. Quit it. All right, quit it, uh, R.I.P. Uh, John Denver. But d- yeah, no, I don't think they. I don't think they will. I, I think they're going to go to to Norman next week. And you know they were riding high this week, but I, I think it was something different. And I think that Oklahoma is going to go. Wake up, guys. We have better personnel than these dudes, and uh, they're having a nice season. But this is where uh, the buck stops right here. They can get their seventh win next week. It's not going to be against Oklahoma. Uh, One thing ahead. I
2: do give West Virginia though is. They, when you bring up country music, they got one of the <laughs> best country music DJs that I've ever heard in a stadium. He Is that was a thing? he was spinning the country hits. He was doing remixes <laughs> like our guy Eric. He oh. was doing an outstanding job. It was great stuff. Like Eric would would blow him out of the water, but this guy was holding it down. It was it was a pretty good playlist and for the for the beat writers that haven't listened to a song, bef- you know, after the year two thousand four, they were they were their heads was spinning in, in that thing. There was a lot of TikTok <laughs> country remixes, but it was some good stuff.
1: In uh, I inside
2: just like Milan Stadium.
1: Up. I love the idea that like uh, you go, yeah, what a great country music DJ he was. I'm all, isn't that just a a guy at the square dance place? Like, isn't that just a line dancing guy? It's like pick it up the gal vibe, to your left man. and let's all go. Pick up your sister now, let's dance like. <laughs> <laughs> there's all sorts of there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. The country music DJ. Hey, i you're yes. the one who was there, so there. So there uh but so before BYU, the BYU and Iowa State are the final game of the weekend, uh like we said, but uh a another one, uh between two really bad teams right now in the Big Twelve, Cincinnati at Houston. Uh oh. have fun with that one, buddy. That's not gonna be our big twelve game of the oh, week next year. No. Week.
2: No mm. tickets as All low right. as three dollars for that one. There's plenty <laughs> of tickets to buy. This has been a good show, Alex. Great stuff again this week. Yeah, I had fun, man. All right, uh, Mitch. Safe travels back
1: to Utah. You can catch Mitch and Matt Biamonte, of course, uh, on a midday edition of Cougar Nation on KSL News Radio tomorrow. JJ and Alex, myself and Jeremiah Jensen, every day also on the KSL Sports Zone. So for Mitch, our amazing producer Eric, we bid adieu on another week of 1st uh, and 12 right here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. See you next week, everybody.